Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Bills are 4-2 and two at the break, but should they be 6-0? and oh? Josh Allen has been really good, but what's held him back from being great Who has stepped up so far and who needs to step up the rest of the way? And why we might not learn that much about this team over the next month. That's all coming up on this week's edition of the Buffalo Plus Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Buffalo Plus Podcast. I'm with Dan Fates, Jenna Cottrell getting a Veterans Day off. Please make sure to subscribe, like, and comment. And Dan... 10k we hit this week 10k thank you thank thank the viewers and the subscribers and bills mafia and everybody that has enjoyed the content it has grown very quickly and we appreciate it because it's all of your support it that is absolutely true and it's been great dan and i saw people we were on the road in kansas city jenna and i saw people in nashville recognizing buffalo plus which we are thrilled with. So thank you for being part of it. All right, we're on the bye week here, but come on, there is plenty to talk about. And Dan, let's start with this. They're four and two. They went 13 and three last year. I get it. You're not going to win them all. But this team probably should be six and oh, right? Yeah, I think you can. They were humbled week one. I think they were reading the press clippings. I think they thought that maybe they could just you know, throw the shoulder pads on, roll the football out there, and that they would, you know, run over the Steelers. And that wasn't the case. And you were the first one to say that. A Mike Tomlin-led team, you know, you can kind of tip your cap to them. Having the offseason, they lost in the last few years, like all of that stuff. It, to, to me, it was it was a disappointing performance in Nashville. Not offensively. I thought offensively, that's exactly what I thought the Bills would do. Would sustain drives, all of those things. Defensively, it was it was maybe some of those demons or some of those scars that we thought had healed from defenses, you know, the – previous years maybe they're not fully healed all the way uh because derrick henry while he only had what like 143 yards the three touchdowns he just kind of just kind of bullied them and and that that's been kind of the thing right mike is that they haven't been physical enough to stop the run and that reared its ugly head yeah we can get into this in a little more detail but i understand why they were focused on kansas city in the offseason and by the end of this year it may be very clear that kansas city is the best team or right there as the best among the best teams. But Kansas City, while they have moments, you know, like the way they can play, like Tyreek Hill for his size can be a physical player. We know Kelsey can. But they're a finesse team. They are fly up and down the field. That's the way they play, right? And the Bills built themselves to deal with Mahomes on the move, getting pressure on him, all that kind of stuff. And the two games they've lost – were to teams that pride themselves on trying to be physical. I mean, the Steelers sort of took 2020 off from that, but (laughs) trying to get back to that to protect average quarterbacks who can play well or can be effective. Not great, but effective. 
And I think Tannehill, sort of like Ben, in moments. If you look at both of those games that they lost in the second half, in a physical game, the play action and the middle of the field on defense really hurt the Bills. And to both of those quarterbacks' credits, they weren't great, but in those moments, they got the ball to the right guys and made the throws that made the difference. Yeah, you just saw that wear and tear. And you hear about Derrick Henry, like, like this is not X's and O's, all 22 guy, but like Derrick Henry wears down defenses. And like I said, Mike, we were talking about it uh, yesterday on the phone as we record this on Thursday, but the fact that Ryan Tannehill's just good enough to beat you. <laughs> like, 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 like with that good of a running game, he's just serviceable enough. And he made a couple of nice throws. Now, granted, you know, Milano and Edmonds were so keyed in on trying to stop uh, Henry there in that second half, but the Titans scored on six straight possessions in the second half. Like, like it, it just, that was what was surprising to me. And they did it a lot of times with body punch, body punch, and then it was Tannehill play action. And I, I just think about that. I'm like, I've heard other people talk about it, that like when you can't stop the run, it like hurts your ego. (laughs) Like like it hurts your pride. It gets coaches fired. Like when you just can't stop it because it opens up so much else. And and you saw that in the second half in Nashville, not being able to stop the run led to Tannehill looking pretty good when he's not. Yeah. um, The play that sticks out to me, it's not the Derrick Henry touchdown. You know, and Jordan Poyer to his credit after the game was like, that was on me. And the first thing uh, I said right next to him was, nope, that's on all of us. It was on all of them. Poyer yeah. had a shot. That's Derrick Henry. When he gets free, you know, most big guys, somebody's going to catch. catch. Yeah. This guy yeah. is not a normal human being. It was a play later in the second half when he broke free and Micah Hyde, which this is what separates these guys from normal human beings. He took him on head on, got low, and took him down. And that in itself, after the guy gains 22 yards or whatever it is, nobody's really going to credit Micah Hyde. But there are guys who make business decisions in that case. And Micah Hyde didn't do that. But I think about it in the in the long haul of a game, what that does to you. And you 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 take that on, but it just wears you down mentally yeah. and physically. And you know, man, you want to be ready the next time that guy gets the ball. And that sets Tannehill up to make some plays. And it did. And it burned them in the second half. Yeah. And that's funny you talk about that play because that was a play that I don't know what it was like in the press box, but watching, I went, ooh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. But but it's so funny because they, they talk about when they review film and they're like, oh, that's going to be a tough one. And Mike Hyde joked around that when he had the interception and didn't score against Washington, I was like, oh, that's not going to be a fun one to watch. That's a play that I would show, and I would show again and again. Not for the fact that Henry got to the second level with untouched, but the fact that you had a guy, you know, stand in front of a train yeah. and, and, and make a play. Like, you talk about sacrificing and 111th. Like, Micah Hyde did all, all 11th. He took everybody. He was all 11 players on that play to make that play. So that is a play that, again, what I thought was a very lackluster defensive effort, especially what we saw after the first – five weeks, that was maybe one of the plays where I went, yeah, that's, yeah. that's tough nose physical football because the bills were more physical against the chiefs. Like you said, Mike, yep. they were jamming them at the line. They were the ones dictating, you know, the finesse speed team. Like you said, 
they got bullied by the Titans. Yeah, and we just started this by saying, should they be 6-0? and Because there are similarities in those games. And one of those similarities is the red zone and getting opportunities. So you said it. They controlled the ball. They went up and down the field. What has happened in the red zone for them? I have no idea. I, I, I It's almost like I want Josh to run more personally because it just seems like, and again, the, the field gets condensed. You're not being able to spread the team out as much, but th- the Bills have had some success running the football. Don't fall out of your chair. They, they've yeah. had some success doing it, but they haven't been able to do it really in the red zone all that much. Even yeah. Moss's few touchdowns when he was in Miami, like he had to run over six guys yep. to get in. Like it ha- Nothing's been clean. Nothing's been easy. Very few wide open guys. Even the touchdown throw to Tommy Sweeney was a very small window that Josh fit the ball in. Yeah. Um, so I, I, they're struggling. To, they're they're. I thought in Kansas City when Josh had the touchdown run, it was a good decoy with the Isaiah McKenzie faking the sweep, which got the linebackers to move. They're just not being able to find anything easy. And I don't know what it is because they have no problem marching up and down the yeah. field. Well, I think it's because you got a little more space too, and they have great route runners and they do that. But to your point, it's quick decisions. And I do think this is where running the ball effectively, that's when we talk about. So, you know, big numbers. Look, you don't have Derrick Henry. You're not that team. You've got Josh Allen. You've got Diggs. You've got great pass catchers. You don't want to be a running team. But let's just say first and 10 at the 13. Okay, so you're in that spot where you can get down there. You can get a first down. You can do all that. Then when you're the kind of team that can bust out a first down seven yard run changes everything when they're in that position. So it's not about total numbers. It's not about, you know, sticking with the run. It's being able to say when we're ready, we're running this play. And I don't necessarily mean, like you say, it's Josh taking off because on any given play, busted play, called play, whatever it is, Josh Allen finds a way usually to run the ball and be pretty effective. Um, but I do think that hurts them a little bit there. And they've had more success now that I'm thinking about it, the plays that and if you're listening or watching, I, I go, it seems like the plays they've had success in the red zone. I'm thinking of touchdowns to Emmanuel Sanders, touchdowns to Dawson Knox. Josh has rolled out. Yeah. Like, like they've gotten him on the edge where as a defender, you then have to make that choice. Okay. Am I going to go to to try and take him? And then it opens some guys up, but like I said, Dawson Knox caught two touchdowns right in my face. Emmanuel Sanders has caught two touchdowns where Josh has rolled out and made throws from tough angles. But it's almost like getting them out in space, getting Josh moving, makes that defense have to recognize for a second, like, okay, what am I doing? And then their decision, Josh can do the opposite. So maybe that's more of it. I'd like to see maybe even more play action, but it just seems like where we always want Josh to kind of sit in the pocket, be that guy like in the red zone it's backfired because nobody's been getting open in tight spaces um and we've talked this to death a little bit but if people hadn't heard what we were thinking in terms of the end of that game going for it um i I have no problem at all with them going out 100 but if i think about it a little bit more josh went with the sneak uh you know i heard mitch morris i was standing there for the interview he was asked did josh was that a play called? And he wouldn't really answer it. He just said, you know, that's not for me to say. I think Josh, in my opinion, watching the way this team operates, I think Josh has certainly had an option. If he sees something, he goes mm-hmm. from the shotgun, gets up tight, goes in, boom. And let's yeah. be honest, 
It's easy to say, well, I would have handed it to Moss or I would have done this. If that doesn't work, everybody's like, you got a six foot five quarterback. You do the sneak. It's worked a ton. I think he saw something there. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the advantage of the, because that last play was sort of controversial where they spiked the yep. ball. If he could have jumped right up and done it, I think he gets it. He sort of slipped. Dion got knocked in. I mean, a lot of things went wrong on that play. But my point was going to be, do you play action there and go for the win? Go to the end zone. Because even if you get the first, it's not a touchdown. So you'd have a few more plays, and then maybe you, if you got stuck, it was fourth down or third down with five seconds left, you just kick the field goal And at that point. But, man, I just think – Quick play action, Josh on the move. At worst case, he runs for the first down. But that's that's Tuesday morning quarterback. Hey, that might have been the play call. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dayball loves us, but he ain't telling us what the play call was there. But Josh jumped up. They trusted him, and and it didn't work. And that's the thing, too, is that because I think it's the bye week, we didn't hear from Brian Dayball. I imagine we'll hear from him next Monday, but this week it was just Sean McDermott. Yeah. Um, And and obviously, (laughs) I was a guy – that had the um, the Bills minus three and a half in the first half. So I wanted them to go for the touch, the two point conversion at the end of the first half. Um, but it was funny because I thought that was a time. It, obviously, my money was involved, but when it was 12 <laughs> to 10, I thought go for two there. Um, they ended up, you know, coming up short. It's just one of those things where, you know, Sean McDermott was even asked about it. Like, do you, what do you think about this? You go back and think about other decisions, settling for field goals then. Um, I, I really didn't think I'm not going to j- be concerned about any of the coaching decisions that were made really no. in that game. No, and, 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 and again, point, and give yeah. Sean McDermott credit too for the way that he handled the play before, where the ref signaled first down. I think this needs to be addressed. Like the ref signaled first down. Josh got fired up, and then they took it back. Yeah, and and, and Sean McDermott was asked not about the call but the process that it took because yeah. he, he went up to Cleet Blakeman after the game and, you know, Jenna got a great shot of it that he was yeah. talking to him and like, you're like, what is he talking to him about? And it's like how it got radioed in from New York to say, Hey, look, the spot is wrong. He's short. You need to now get that play across because the bills are thinking that it's first and goal. These are the plays that we've got going in. These are the scripted plays. Now all of a sudden it's fourth and one or fourth and inches. That's a different play. Yeah. And a lot of times, Mike, like you said, which is a great point, the Josh has been so good. He was 13 of 14 on fourth and one sneaks. A lot of time it's because of the, the sneak ability of it. It's the quickness. It's the, Hey, we're a yard short. Let's go. Come on right now. Instead of, all right, guys. Yeah. I'm sneaking and, it. And you know, he slipped because I haven't seen Josh go low at all on those. He's six, five. He goes up. Yep. Again, if it's at the goal line, you can reach over. Correct. Because it's either in or you lose the ball. But you, you can't just reach the ball. But, hey, look, we saw Josh in Dallas fumble it and still make it on a play. I mean, he's had the ability to do it. It didn't work. I still don't understand. And then spotting the ball, the clock was stopped. It was out of bounds. There was no reason they didn't measure. I, I just, I mean, typically the refs sometimes look like they're totally lost. But this game's not on the refs. It nope. was on the Bills. So that being said, uh, look, and I don't, I, I'm not one of these guys that thinks the Titans are a terrible team. I think they can be tough. I think they have some really good players. They were at home. It was loud there. I'm sorry. I saw people saying 60-40. There were a lot of Bills fans there. It was 
75 25 it was still a titans crowd that's still a lot of bills fans Mm -hmm. but it was not where i mean it was loud when they were on the field at the end of the game and they moved the ball very effectively down the field that's that's good practice for what's going to happen later you'll just want to finish the drive all right let's get to josh uh i mean he's had some moments where he Mm -hmm. hasn't been great but even the other night i mean he made some plays the throw the 100%. throw to Gabe Davis on the last drive, you know, the throw you, to Beasley. You don't see many guys. Yeah, the throw to Beasley on the run. Um, again, just more wild plays. I mean, again, we're we're gonna nitpick because that's what that's what we do, and that's that's the level of that he's playing at. Um, but Mike, the one thing I saw and we had talked about on the phone, there was a little bit of a sense of hero ball on the last few drives when different kind of hero ball, right? Co- correct. Uh, mature hero ball in the oh, sense of going to new one. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't, it wasn't Houston hero ball. This wasn't running around or anything like that. This was a sense where I think, and like I said, you talk about, um, it's funny. I was listening again to Trent Dilfer. He was on the Ryan Russillo podcast and, and he talked about how so many teams look so good early coming out the first series. And we saw it with Miami in the London game. Tua looked phenomenal. Marched down the field. He scores on a 75-yard drive, and he was awful after that. the rest of that game. And they talked about the fact of scripted plays and, and staying scripted and how you can only script so many plays. But then he goes, what happens is, is that emotion weighs into the game. Like you, Josh was doing so many good things, but I think when he got the sense that the defense just couldn't get a stop, he, he it was almost like, all right, I, we got to get six here. I got to make a play. I got to make a big play. And it wasn't this hero stuff. But what I saw him do, and, and we had talked about it on other podcast, other shows on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel, the fact that he wasn't taking the cheese. And it's that expression it's, that we've said yeah. before. It's, it's an expression of take what is given. This isn't like, oh, you're going to get caught in trouble. The expression is take the cheese, which is take the six-yard pass to the guy that's wide open instead of trying to wait until the guy that's 25 yards down the field gets open. You'll And Josh said it. I asked him one of the times and he goes, you'll never go broke taking a profit. Take the six yard profit. Don't try and get the 21 yard slant route. That's double covered. I'm going to take that shot. And you saw Josh Allen work from deep in the field to short in the field. When you really want your quarterback progression to be what's in front of you and then work deep. And I saw just a couple of times where the O-line gave him protection. Josh had time. I saw Tommy Sweeney open on the far side or Cole Beasley open for six yards and he didn't want it. He wanted the 25 yard throw down the field and Josh is connected on a lot of those throws down the field, but I saw where they, they they kind of stalled a little bit in that second half where I went, he's not taking what the Titans are giving them and the Titans weren't going to get beat and he wasn't taking the little throws. And that led to a couple punts, which I mean, this was a game that came down to the final possession. And and you watch Brady all the time, and everybody talks about when, when Brady gets it, or even Rodgers, they have the ability to send it downfield. They have the ability to find the guy. But when they start a drive, you know, you go, here we go. Brady needs two first downs to seal the game. This is what he's done. And the first play, you see bad teams. Guy drops, seven-step drop, waiting, waiting, because they need 75 yards. You see Brady stops, little pressure. Yeah, because he's dumping it off to Fournette and it used to be Falk or it used to be, you know, whoever that he was dropping the ball off to and it's an eight yard gain and boom, they're moving. And Josh can do that. But 
in that setting, I think he did a little bit again, like you said. I thought I thought it was just a little right. I thought it was yeah. just a little bit too much. Now he had the great throw to to Gabe Davis, all of those things. It was and the more run, the, pos- the yes. run that almost get, should have maybe given him the first. That is, that's next level. Sacrifice your body, yep. and you're going to get there. Like that's why when they say ten out of ten times, we'll put our faith in this guy because that guy will make that play. It was just one of those things where I thought it was a few possessions before yeah. where it just wasn't there. Um, yeah. And then they end up, you know, he was still great. They end up with a quick drive, punting the ball away and, um, and it hurt him. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I, this is on the road in the NFL. I'm sorry, yep. Bills fans. You got spoiled for a month. You had three massive blowouts and yep. then, you know, basically a total control job against the chiefs. It was over, you know, over midway through the fourth, if not sooner. So that's not the normal world we live in. Okay. And, Cause everybody's like, right. Oh, the Titans lost to the jets. Yeah, that can happen. Right. It can happen. The bills lost to the Steelers who, again, are not the jets, but they're not a great team. So, and I, and I think that's what, what you're getting at too, is a really good point. And that's kind of where I was going off of teams can look really good early and then sometimes get off script as they say yeah. is because of the emotion of the game. Like, that was an emotional game. It, where was. it was going back and forth, seven lead changes. It's very tough to sit there and go, okay, let's take the five-yard completion. When it's yeah. like, hey, Derrick Henry's running for 12 yards a pop. Okay, I, I got to get a 15-yard completion. Yeah. Hang on. March down the field. You, you were still moving the ball well. It was just, it was tough when they got into the red zone. So yeah. it, it's just one of those things where, again, uh, this is a Brian Dable podcast. Uh, he did a phenomenal job thoughts and prayers again to his family after realizing that his grandfather passed away after his grandmother passed away three weeks prior. So uh, a lot going on there, but again, I I thought Dable was called a a fine game. They're just not connecting on the same page as they would say in the red zone. Yeah. And the red zone is something they can work on. And I think the best way to work on it uh, in some ways is to play (laughs) the jets and the Dolphins, and, and the, the Jags. Jags, you know, those teams. So we'll see how that goes going forward. Um, I want to talk about stepping up, who has and who hasn't. Uh, and, and I'll start with one. I, I think Diggs was phenomenal the other night. Um, his numbers were good. He also mm-hmm. drew that pass interference call. He runs great routes. He gets open. Uh, I think it was Sal Mayorana was next to me. He made a move on a route. And he just looked at me and said, that is such a pro wide receiver move. Like it was just subtle. He gets, he gets open for Josh short. He gets open across the middle. He gets open on the comebacks. He gets open deep. Um, And he hasn't been at all concerned about his numbers and his numbers are good. They're not what they were a year ago, but he's been that guy. And I I think obviously Sanders has been great, but I think Diggs has really, in yeah. many levels, been really good for this team. Yeah, and I would say the guy that I, you know, I've been wrong about this whole season is is Knox. Yeah, I, I thought I just thought he was going to be much closer to the bottom ten of NFL starting tight ends than I thought he would be the top. Uh, he's very much in the top, and he's having a career year. Broken bone in his hand, had successful surgery this week. Sean McDermott kind of mum, obviously per usual about how long he would be out. Um, but I just think that he's added such another level. And it's, you needed a guy like that 
especially with, as they've said, two of Dawson Knox's touchdowns have been when three or four defenders have been focused on Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And Stefan's like, yeah, like I deserve some of his paycheck. Like what the heck? Like, you know, he joked around that he's the most valuable decoy yeah. in the NFL this year. And, and that goes to your point about him not caring. Those, both those comments were made in, in jest and they were jokes, but that is what you needed is a, another viable guy that would just kind of slip under the radar. And yeah. when all the eyes go on Diggs or Beasley, somebody else this season, it's also been Sanders. Uh, Knox, I think has just become a top 10 tight end in this league, yeah. which is, I did not see myself saying no, I, I hand up, hand up. We on gotta, this. Yeah. Now we got to see how he is. I mean, he had surgery. Uh, it's his hand. I mean, that's tough. Uh, he did shot put the two point conversion, but, uh, he was tough. I saw him leaving the locker room and I knew it was bad. I don't like to speculate on injuries. I mean, he came out, he, it was wrapped and I'm like, that doesn't look good. Iced and wrapped. And then he had, he had the surgery. So we'll have to see, by the way, if you were to say something to Diggs to tell him not to worry about not getting the numbers, what would you say to him? I don't know what, uh, buck up buddy. Oh man. That's what I was telling myself as a Braves fan after game three. Buck up, buddy. Hey, man. Yeah, that's what Bills fans, that should be the title of this podcast. Buck up, Bills fans. It's going to be okay. Oh, we may go with that. Buck up, Bills fans, because they're going to win. Mike, how many more games are they going to win coming up their schedule? I, I mean, I, I think they're winning the next. I think if I have it right, is it six until Tampa or five until Tampa? Five. Right, they've got New England, Indy, Miami, Jets, Jacksonville. It's five, yep. right? Yeah. And then Tampa. Well, they're winning those five, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. We got we got time. I mean, they're going to be double digit favorites in a couple of those. Yeah, they, they have the second be. easiest schedule remaining. Yeah. Uh, in the NFL. So. Yeah. So again, we're talking about this team in the playoffs and ready to go. Mm -hmm. Uh to that extent. So we know that, and they're going to win the division, all those things. So that's not, now I said, who stepped up, who hasn't I mean the offense, you know, the, the line has to play better. I don't know no. if there's an individual guy I would call out. You know, everybody was excited about Spencer Brown and he got worked a few times, but that's going to happen. He's playing on the road, hostile environment. I know he's had some chances, but you know, he almost got Josh killed on the one play. Um, and, and, you know, Everybody, everybody on that offensive line, I think, could be better. Dion has not been great. I mean, nope. he's you know, but he, he's <laughs> since COVID, he's coming back. He'll play hard. Mitch Morris, all of them, they all know they can be better. But defensively, um, it's you know, the D line because yes, it's the D line still because it's still the D line because when they play well, the team goes. The, yeah. When they go well, getting pressure on the quarterback. Ryan Tannehill had been sacked, what, 20 times leading into that game, and he was pretty much clean as can be when he left that. Yeah. Um, that is troubling. And like I said, not all wins are created equally. Not all losses are as e you know equal. Um, I know there are a lot of comparisons to the heartbreaking loss in Arizona last year before the bye, going in you know comparisons to this loss in Nashville before the bye, and – the only comparison is, is that it's a heartbreaking loss well, before it by. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is you got to eat it for two weeks. You got to sit there and go, that's what we live with coming off a bad loss. But yes, the way they lost, the circumstances, because that game ended on a, 
sort of a fluke play, a great play a by play. Hopkins, but yes. a fluke play. But it also ended offensively with Josh putting together a masterful drive. 100 and the touchdown throw to Diggs to give them the lead. I thought right. that Arizona game, the Bills played phenomenal. They played yeah. above what they were playing. Like they kept, they were a, they right. were a below average defense going up against a red hot Kyler Murray and a Cardinals offense. And they held them in check until the last play of the game yeah. under what they were scoring for the season. So that's where I felt good. This was the kind of game where I, I wanted more out of this defensive line because they, when the bills have gone so well for these last four games, it was pressure. It was sacks. It was stopping the run. All of those things didn't really hear Ed Oliver's name called much. No. Starla Tulele had a tackle in like the first drive. Yeah. Early and after on, that, Gary Hughes was big, was getting a lot of pressures. Um, you know, I think um, it looked like the D line was in really good shape and then, and then it went South. And then, because also, I, I mean, AJ Epinesa wasn't active. They went yeah. with FA Abada. They went with Harrison Phillips. I think they wanted to be bigger. They wanted to play bigger. And I, I understand it. that, you know, yep. because of who you're going against, but they will do that. And by the way, who has stepped up? I think Hyde's been great this year. I mean, he, and, and, and I know Pro Bowls don't matter to other people, you know, whatever. He, he's only made it the one time he made it once, uh, his first year with the Bills in 17. And I just think the guy is, he's, he's an all, honestly, he's become an all-time bill. Like he'll be on the ring of honor in, in the stadium. He's one of those guys. He deserves more of those. It's the way sometimes people look. I'm not saying he's a hall of fame player because that's another level, Correct. but he's made plays. He's a leader. He's smart. He's done all those things. And Poyer's made some plays certainly in the secondary. They're a great combo. Um, but I just think I think he's been really good every week. There have been very few plays where Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer have gotten their hands on the ball and they haven't come through. Yeah. And I think I think that's that's very telling. We talk about all the time Tremaine Edmonds is very young, but he seems to not be able to make those plays. And anytime Poyer or Hyde get their hands on it, they're making a play. And, I and will that's, say that's, this Edmonds is playing a little faster to me. I am noticing him more. Mm-hmm. Uh, first half I did again, everybody was chasing somebody around in that second half, but I've been encouraged by what I've seen out of him. Cause I think he is a playmaker. He's yeah. just got to get there. And I don't know if Matt Milano, we talked about him playing. I don't know if he was a hundred percent. They sent him on blitzes and he never got close. And if you're going to do that, you know, I'd, ra- I'd almost rather see AJ Klein on the blitz, but yeah. You know. But Mike, this goes back to what we talked about before Kansas city which yeah. was you were saying that it is so tough to go on the road and beat a good NFL team on the road. Yeah. And you like this was it, but like this was the game where I guess I was just so disappointed because I thought that what the bills did well would kind of continue against Tennessee. And it just didn't where I wanted to yeah. see the defense continue to get pressures. And like, like I was saying, not all wins are created equally, not all loss are created equally. Like, whoop de doo for going and sacking, you know, Tua Tungavailoa and Jacoby Brissett. You got to yeah. do it against these teams where, the you know, playoff caliber teams. And I thought they just kind of, the defensive line let them down a little bit Monday yeah, night. Yeah, they did. Um, let's get back to what I said in the beginning was why we won't know that much. By the way, the game we didn't think about, and you and I will be there, is in New Orleans on Thanksgiving. Oh, forgot Again, about that one. that's one of those games. It's a Thanksgiving night on the road in a dome. Like, you got to play well. I, I don't think the Saints – I think the Saints are a pretty mediocre team. Correct. But 
I think you got to play well. So what I, the reason I said is we're not going to know as much is we would know if they struggled. Look, Dolphins at home. Josh owns the Dolphins. Uh, that is a team they just feel great about. They love crushing that team. They don't let up against that team. Coming yep. off this week, it's a good time to get the Dolphins. They go to the Jags. I'm happy that team won a game because I just just hate the feeling of sitting there when that team's got 22 straight losses and you find yourself like that Jets game where, you know, nobody could score a touchdown and you're like, could they really lose this game? So take that off the plate. I mean, Lawrence looks like he's got a lot of ability, but that team's yeah. not good. And then you go to the Jets. Then you got the Colts at home. But you got they're okay. You, you have to play better than you do against, you know, the Jets. Right. Then you go to Thanksgiving. Then you come home for New England on a Monday night. Yep. That could be clinching the division. Yeah. And then you have Tampa. So out of that stretch, at six games, right? Yep, six games. Five and one is the is the bottom basement. Yeah, basement for those six Agreed. games. I absolutely agree. That's a great point. And like you said, I don't – like what you're saying, I, I totally get it. It's because who really tests them? Like like, like who really says like, oh, they gotta, they're going to have the tough test this week. I, I just don't see that. Um, yeah. They're going to be big favorites. They're going to have to be. But like I said, they were they were touchdown favorites against the Titans on the road. Yep. Um, this, this was a time where – the Titans were hungrier and the Bills were humbled at the end. Yeah. Like well, I know that's and all those right dumb now, cliches. Yeah. I don't that division stinks too, but right now they're behind the Titans. Yep. Same record. But again, when I and then you look at the rest of the schedule. I mean, you do go to two New England, you got the Falcons at home, Jets at home to end. Like it's they should they they're gonna be fine. Bills fans, yes. your team Buck is up. gonna be fine. Buck up gonna Bills be fans. Yes. You got to, everybody's got to relax. Um, and I think most fans are, I just think it's not having a game this week kind of stinks, but they'll be back. They will Sean be. McDermott two and three in his head coaching career before a bye. Yeah. Uh, Andy used to have an issue with that. Yeah. He was great coming out of the, bye. out of the bye. Yeah. But going into it. And again, it's been look at Arizona, at Tennessee these last two years, I, you know, again, I was there. It was, it was loud. It was enthusiastic. It was Monday night. It was a huge game for the Titans. Yep. The Bills came up a little short, but again, if they get that team again, well, there's a lot of teams like them and yes. that's the thing that worries me. So we will see, uh, again, plenty of content we've got here on the channel. Do you know by week here? No by week. We still got it working. And, uh, you know, Jenna, she needs a little break, you know. She got tired from Top Golf and National well, Hot she's Chicken. She's in that club, a club you will be joining very soon. What's the club? Is it an age club? Oh, yeah. I'm the only 20 year old left in the <laughs> Buffalo Plus team. By the time some people watch this, you may not be, okay? Yeah. It's oh. close. It's close fast. Yeah. Go Braves. Go Braves. We'll see what ends up happening. All right. For the uh, resting, 
Jenna Cottrell, and for Dan Fates. I'm Mike Catalana. Thanks for watching. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel.